Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Mino Line Media presents Business of the Beat. Hi, I'm Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and I am a founder, brand builder, entrepreneur, and believe in the mantra, Carpe Diem. I created this podcast, Business of the Beat, through my own experience as a beauty executive to talk about, tell stories, and highlight the business of beauty through conversations with beauty and wellness entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. If I had told my parents growing up, I want to be a TV writer, they'd be like, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> but it came such a backdoor way, because they did object. They objected at some point, but by the time they were really objecting, my name was on the screen for the Jamie Foxx show. My name was on the screen for the PJs, girlfriends, like my name was on the screen. So they were, then they were like, my daughter writes TV, you know? <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm your host, Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, and welcome to Business of the Beat. Today's guest is Kyra Keen, founder of Kyra Brand, makers of Look, Don't Touch. But before we get started, don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we love to hear from you. All right, everyone. Kyra is an independent recording artist who has made her mark collaborating with the musical luminaries like Carlos Santana and Afrobeat sensation Goya Minyar. Her artistry goes beyond music as showcased in her empowering single, Look, Don't Touch, and its companion product, a detangling conditioner for natural hair. These creations stem from Kyra's personal journey with her hair, symbolizing self-acceptance and the celebration of natural hair. Her product line emphasizes natural and organic ingredients, resonates with her message of validating one's true self. Her journey intertwines creativity with entrepreneurship, culminating in the development of the Kyra brand. This burgeoning brand synergizes her musical and business pursuits, enhancing her reach and impact. Through Kyra brand, she's not just sharing her art, but also building a legacy that empowers and inspires, demonstrating the power of blending passion with purpose. In this venture, Kyra aims to create a meaningful, positive change, proving that artistic, and business endeavors can coexist and flourish together. Kyra, welcome to Business of the Beat. I am so excited for our conversation. They talk about being a multi-hyphenate, which I don't know if I like or love that word, but you, my friend, are phenomenal in all of the pieces that you've built for yourself, for your business, and how you've connected them. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I am absolutely honored to be here. You guys are doing incredible things on many levels. So I'm honored to be here. It's not very often that we get to merge music and artistic expression in the way that you're doing it with beauty products and our love for beauty and the interwovenness, I think, of the business. Because at the end of the day, 
music is a business, beauty is a business, anything that we're doing to bring people into our orbit, especially through purchase is a business. So I want to go back um, and just really learn about you and where did this love of music come? And we'll get into your hair because I know that's been such a big part of your journey. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's interesting. I, I actually look at people and look at people's careers and I just think how much of an, an advantage people have when they have parents or a, a unit that really supports their dreams. Okay. And this is not my parents. I love my parents very much. Both of them have passed on, but they're amazing parents, but they had a set idea for me that was safe, you know? So me being an artist, you know, I'm so grateful when I see parents embracing the artisticness in their children. I love it so much because it just makes their create so much cleaner and easier. I didn't have that. Like it was like, Kyra, nope, we're not going to do that. You know, so like you, I can get an A in band and I can get an A in orchestra, but you don't go be a musician. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I always did it as a hobby, very seriously as a hobby. But, you know, I really trained myself that music's not something that I can actually do, you know. And uh, so I went to the University of Michigan, which, by the way, go blue. I don't know. If you yeah, just college. one. <laughs> that was very, very exciting. Anyway, so, you know, I went there and came out of college. And went right to Hollywood, like right to Hollywood. Keenan Ivy Wayans, he was my first job. I was his executive assistant for, I was his assistant for three years. And that's kind of where I learned, because part of my track, I have been a television writer for many, many years. So that's where I got into television. But all this to say is I'm still doing music throughout all my TV writing, throughout everything. I'm still doing music. Another part of my music journey is I was told that I had a very bad singing voice from many people. And I didn't really object because I knew that I did not sound like Whitney Houston. Like I don't sound like that. And if that was considered a good voice, then I don't sound like that, you know, but I can, I consider myself more of a composer. And so I was writing instrumentals. And then I guess later in life, I started writing songs on my guitar for other people. You know, and I would sometimes try them out at, at a coffee house because I could carry a tune, but I'd never had myself like I'm the the artist. You know, I always was behind the scenes. And that was also kind of like, you know, me being an assistant to Keenan was behind the scenes. Then when I became a television writer, which was a lot of work to get into, but it was still behind the scenes, you know. And what's interesting is if I had told my parents growing up, I want to be a TV writer. They'd be like, no, mm -mm, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) But it came such a backdoor way uh, that by the time, because they did object, they objected at some point, but by the time they were really objecting, my name was on the screen for the Jamie Foxx show. My name was on the screen for the PJs, girlfriends, like my name was on the screen. So then they were like, my daughter writes TV, you know? (laughs) But I do understand their viewpoint that generation and wanting what they felt as a safe career path. And I think we're in a different generation now where that's a different story. It's a different script. And uh, although people for sure want security for their children, they see the arts as a viable way to create an effect on this world. And it's so interesting. I love, I love many things about your story because 
we have the parents who, and, and it's no fault of them. We are in a different generation and it's like, they were just teaching us what they knew and there wasn't room for creativity or, or things that they didn't know. And part of that was just because of what was happening in the world. And so I love how you also start with saying like, they were doing the best that they could. They were raising me how they knew how, and there's a level of grace. And I think it's not necessarily forgiveness, but it's the it's the understanding that you can go and do what you want to do. And even for them to come back and say, oh my gosh, my daughter's a writer, like for them to understand it, because so much of it is protection. Like I think about, you know, my own child and different things. And I'm like, oh, I have to take a step back. I'm trying to protect things that I really can't protect at the end of the day. It's outside of my control. And so I just, I love how you weave that through. And when you think about the pieces of the business, right? For someone to say that, like, you don't have this voice, but to then have confidence to continue to do what you're doing, because it's very scary to come from behind the scenes to then put yourself in front and to be on covers of, of albums and magazines. What was that moment when you just knew it's going to be okay? I'm going to be confident to do it and to move into that direction. Wow. This actually got me a little emotional when you just asked that. But, um, Okay, first of all, I do want to actually maybe talk about this a bit later, but I'm 53 years old, and I didn't have my epiphany that I could actually have a career as a musician until I was 43, okay? A time where most people would say, if you are an artist, you're too old to be continuing being an artist, okay? I have such disagreement. Like, I don't even, like, my mind doesn't even enter that equation. Like, it's not real to me at all. But that is just to say, I was 43. I had a friend who was doing a fashion show, a big uh, nonprofit fashion show. And, you know, I'm tall. Uh, one of her ladies tripped and fell and broke something. She begged me to step in. I'm like, I'm not a model, but <laughs> she trains me how to walk. I walk for this, fa I'm going to walk for this fashion show. So during one of our rehearsals, she knows that I do music. She's like, hey, sing me one of your songs. And I'm like, oh no, I'm not that kind of a musician. Like I'm literally going so deep to convince her that I'm not that type of, of, of a musician, but she's persistent. She's like, I just want to hear like what your style is. So no guitar, no background music. I sing this song called Perfect. And as I'm singing it, like I can, there's like this connection happening and this comfort kind of comes over me and like kind of just kind of sink in and own my voice. I own that part of my voice that people are, I just own it. And this woman starts freaking crying. And she's like, that was the most beautiful song. Your voice, she's like, you, no one needs to sing your songs, Kyra, but you, because it's an exact expression of you. And she's like, please, will you open for my fashion show? And I'm just like, okay, first of all, I don't know, you know, I don't know if she's kidding. Okay, because I've been teased for so long that my voice was bad that I don't know if this is like a joke. Like, you know, not that she was like that, but I really can't trust it, you know, at first. Finally, I'm like, okay, so I find this guy because one thing I can't do, and still to this day, I'm not really good. I can't, I'm very, um, I'm aggressive and passionate, and I move a lot when I perform, and it's like I'm in it with the audience. It's like, boom. So I have a hard time playing. And doing that at the same time. Okay. So I got this guy that day. I got, got this guy to learn the song. And I remember walking on stage 
this is different than a coffee house. Coffee house is safe because everyone knows that you're not really serious or not that you're not serious, but you know, it's different. Mm -hmm. It's different on the stage with my black formal dress packed. And I sing this song and it's like quiet the whole time. And I'm just like, I'm just going to go for it. And if they hate it, they, okay, that's fine. So I just like go into it. And then at the end, this roaring standing ovation that seemed to go on forever. And I was like, oh, this is what I do. This is what I do. <laughs> so that's when I started writing my album called Ethereal. And so I wrote it with my voice in mind. And I have a great ability to separate the hats that I wear. Like when I'm being the writer or the producer, I'm not the artist. I'm writing for the artist, which is me. And I'm very good at, oh, I might have a problem with that. Well, we're going to get to that when we get there. Because right now I'm just being the producer and writer. And this is how we're going. This is what we're doing. Yes. But it's, it feels good to, to write for me. And then, uh, yeah, that album was great. I love it. I actually might bring, because it didn't get a lot of attention. It got attention to the right people, though. But it didn't get a lot of attention. So I might actually bring some of those songs onto my upcoming album that's coming out this year. Because they're really good. Oh my gosh. I like have chills as you're talking about that. And it's just so fascinating. These moments in life that we don't know, we talk a lot about defining moments and what was your defining moment when you just knew and to hear you even say, like, I knew I was there. This is, this is what I do. It's so magical. And I think you, you also bring up this notion of age and it's been Interesting for me and the conversations that we're having about being an entrepreneur and when can you start? Because when we're in our 20s, we don't even think about it. And then we get into our 40s and all of these things are changed and everything's like you hit that and everything changes. And then you talk about being in your 50 and you have and had a successful career leading up to that. And so stepping out and saying, this is what I do, this is what I believe, after you had that moment, and you said, okay, I'm going to do this album ethereal. Did you go back into your community of people that you worked with? Did you have to find a whole new community? And what was that like? And you also mentioned trust. And I know that you talk a lot about trust. So how was that experience? How did trust play into building the circle to help you with this album? I'm going to say this is something that I, uh, that it really honestly, just recently within the past two years that I've really, really really handled in my life. But um, when people see you a certain way, I would feel like this odd kind of energy of a pro have, trying to tell someone to look at me this way. Like, hey, I do this, but look at this. I never was presented to them like that. So it felt odd for me to go, hey, I'm, because in my mind, here goes my parents' viewpoints coming in. It feels like I'm all over, like I'm just all over the place and like, but I'm not. But that's what I would feel. So there would I'd have a hesitancy because I feel like I'm not going to be taken seriously. And that's, again, my parents speaking as a musician, mostly when I'm trying to transition from what I was doing before to this. It's like, yeah, they just don't know me as that. They don't know me as that. I wasn't sitting there in the writer's room, like, you know, <laughs> being a musician, too, or going, you know, I wasn't presenting that in there. And it was funny because um, on a later show that I worked on, I actually, when I did, I, I had already had my like, little epiphany. And so like, I suggest a music track that'd be perfect for a scene for one of my scripts. And it was just like, mm, no, 
because they have, this is the thing. And I had to understand this. I have a hat. My yes. hat is writer. They have someone hired to do all of these different things. And I had not created a relationship with that person early on. Perhaps if I had created that type of relationship with that person for a year or something and became real to them. But for me to have my episode and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, here's my song that I want featured and want this one part is just not real. Yeah. Yes. So being able to really examine what you want, but what reality it necessitates for you to actually become real to people. And it's so interesting because even in this year, I was doing this like 6 a.m. everyday prayer. And I one morning I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to pray about. And it was so interesting because I just started praying about releasing the things that people have placed on me through their words and their actions that don't really suit me and aren't actually who I am and all that I am. And people get so uncomfortable because to your point, I had someone doing this and I had someone doing this. And it's this linear box mentality that we then have to put protection around us to make sure that we don't let that seep into us because you knew that that song was perfect for that piece, but it's these other barriers or people who can't see it. And I've been doing a lot of people who can't see the depth of what I'm doing and how I can cross over and do this. If I was this, then like block them for my preview. I'm not here to convince them otherwise, because that's not my mission. I'm here to make sure that I can keep going in what I know to be true. And so as you were saying that, I can totally see it, especially in those rooms of writing and producing, and then it feeling like I'm trying to do a money grab for myself. But it's like, no, 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 I'm also for the best intent of the project. And I just happen to be able to do both. You know, you said something very interesting, and I'm going to be honest with you. The little bit of insecurity in my universe at that time was the barrier beyond the linear thing because it's my universe and I did not own it. I, that you know, they said no. I said, okay. You know, like there's no, it was like me not being like, well, let's talk about this. Let, let me get in communication. Like I did that. And you know, I think that that's how the ability to look back and to be so transparent and to have trust in your craft now and to be able to say that that's something that I had to overcome. Because the beauty in this is that you didn't just stop with, I've accomplished being a writer producer. There's more that I want to do, clearly. Then you have your album. Your I loved when you were like, oh, I have my new album and I'm going to bring back something from that album. And I'm like, oh, we're, we're doing this. And then even this evolution of the journey where you're continuing to say, this is who I am. I'm now going to celebrate another part of me. And that's going to be driven through my hair. Mm -hmm. And so how was that? And what was the time frame of these pieces happening this insider knowledge that you're having about yourself to then saying the Kyra brand is more and this is what it looks like. So people see my hair because, you know, I've had long hair now for a long time, but it was not always like that at all. I have a lot of combinations of textures all up in my head, like many people do have. And my mom broke her arms when I was like 12 years old. My hair was a disaster. It all got cut off about an inch all over my head. And because I suffered from this thing called hair envy, which means I envied the texture of other people's hair and 
grew up in a kind of a more Caucasian environment, okay? So I had unknowingly adopted a lot of self-loathing on my hair. So here comes the relaxers, 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 and everything that I could do that was just so damaging. My hair from 12 years old till like 20 didn't grow past three inches. And I would really just dream about that day that I could feel my hair touch my shoulders. Like the day that I could feel my hair touch my shoulder would be, I'd just be so happy. Um, and then this is how crazy I was. Uh, so in college, I, you know, had some, you know, I had lots of different friends, had some black friends who had straighter hair and their hair had these big, big straight loops, you know? And I was like so envious of that. So I went and got this thing called a Wave Nouveau. And a wave, <laughs> wave Nouveau. Yes. Yes. And oh, it yes. made my hair look like that a bit, right? And I was telling people that that was my natural hair. You know, the fact that I felt the need to say that, like, what, what am I convincing you of? Like, what does that really mean that I get you to believe that that's my hair texture? Okay. Yeah. Now, within two weeks, the dryness settled, settled in, the brillness settled in, and it actually created a horrible effect. Okay. But it was around that time in college that I'm actually taking an African-American studies course. And I had the epiphany for my universe that I never realized that I believe that white was right. Okay. So in that, it was like brrr, all these different thoughts came together. And I was looking at my hair, like looking in, like, like not looking up, but looking at like mentally looking at my hair. And I was like, the level of invalidation I put on myself and put on my hair, this is the way my hair grows out of my head and it's perfect. The way my hair grows out of my hair is perfect as long as I believe it's perfect. And I would have never thought that I could have hair that looks like this. I would have never thought I could do that. And I would not have been, been able to have hair like this if I didn't shift my viewpoint and own my hair as it came out of my head. So as I'm starting to grow it out, I'm letting the, the, the process come out. You know, it looks like a rat's nest because again, I have these different textures going on and this is the 90s. This was not in. People were not wearing it natural. So I was getting teased. But this is when that passion came in on what ingredients work best. What are the best um, techniques? What? How do I do my natural hair? Okay, that doesn't work. Okay, let's try this. And then like by the time I was 25, I guess my hair had hit like around here with my natural hair. And I was like... Okay. And I was now no longer being called, called retinist. It was like aesthetic. It was like, Oh, that's, and people were like, I want to do my hair like her. Wow. How did you get your hair like that? You know? And again, I think a lot of it was my own confidence in me that translated into, Oh, I like your hair like that. Um, so I, yeah, many years, like my dad was aloe vera king. Like we had aloe vera plants all over the house is a remedy for everything. So, you know, my hair would get tangled. So I would, because of the slipperiness in the aloe vera leaf, I would experiment. And that's one of the ingredients in my product. Look, don't touch aloe vera. 
because it does have this amazing detangling effect, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it started my journey of really being interested in my hair and other people's hair, but really celebrating other people's hair as their hair and interested in what works for other people's hair. Like I've always been so interested that hair is so different and different products can do such different things for different hair types, which is a part of the theme of like, look, don't touch is like it, it, the ingredients are so good. Like I put a lot of time and energy into this. I like, I didn't just do a product because I have hair and, Oh, you should have a product. No, it's like for real, like what I'm trying to deliver to people, but the way a person with type two, a hair is going to use it versus someone with type three B hair versus someone with type four C hair, very different uses of this product, you know? Yes. Oh, I want to also point, we can come to this later, but as you know, I wrote a book, I wrote yes. a book about this, which we can go into later. But I also, you know, since chat GPT came out, I have programmed an entire thing it's called look, don't touch chat GPT. I have my own chat GPT that answers everything about hair, everything about look, don't touch. And I don't just limit it to look, don't touch because I want it to answer everything about hair. But I do, you know, when someone asks a question that aligns with the ingredients in my product or how to use my product, you know, it will give them that answer too. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This makes me so happy because a lot of times we are so, we've been through so much with our hair, so much with our hair and trying to figure out what products, what do I do in the midst of everything else that we're seeing as confident as we can be, we're still exposed to seeing these things and hair envy is a real thing. And we see it all the time in the way that we process our hair, take care of our hair. And so the triumph for you to be able to say, I squash that, but more importantly, not only do I feel confident with my hair, but here's something for other people. Your integration, it is so smart of the chat GPT. Like we talk a lot about the new technologies and I feel especially, I talk to so many people of color and black black people who are like, I don't know, they're trying to get our information. But whenever we think about the way that you're using it, that's education. That's how we need to be here. That's how we can figure out these things that we didn't have before. And there's no need for us to suffer and have to try, you know, we'll still have to try for our own, but the tools that you've given us. And we have so many founders on here who have an idea for a product. And you said that it took a long time and you looked at all these products and ingredients, but what was that path to then saying, okay, I am now going to have look, don't touch, and this is what my product's going to be, and here's how I'm going to formulate it. What was that like? And who did you call? You were in music. <laughs> so, so this is an interesting journey here. So I um, knew that at some point I was going to share this information on, my, on here 
I didn't know how, I, I knew I was going to have a product, but I just didn't know how, what it was going to look like. So I had been kind of like researching different companies that do things and what kind of, you know, certain things are very important to me. And so I had been meeting with this one, with this one company just for when I do, for when I do, you know, that's who I'm going to work with. And so then, uh, you're familiar with Goya Menor. He's an mm-hmm. Afrobeats artist. He has this song that literally has like 11 billion views, Amino Amapiano. This guy, he's incredible. He and I have a song together, which is a remake of my song, Passion. And so uh, Goya Menor was coming to the United States. He was doing his United States tour and I was going with him. We were going to do, you know, our song together. And so I was like, you know what, Kyra, this is the time. You'll have attention. You'll have eyes on you. Great way to promote that along. So that was the impetus between me doing it right there and then is when that was happening. Yeah. So I got it. It wasn't ready. It like, it wasn't ready when I was on tour, but it was being formulated while I was on tour. Now the tour didn't work out great for me. Honestly, Goya Menor is a great friend and I will, we have an amazing relationship, but uh, some of the elements around uh, the tour were just not things that I was able to really vibe with for me to do. So I actually left early just because it was right for me not to be in that. And uh, so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get the full effect of what I had anticipated, but now I have this product. So we going, (laughs) we're going. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so it's so funny. It is. It's interesting. Like, we set out these plans and then it's like, okay, I'm going to have to pivot. Like I have, I have a new book. I'm joining you as a fellow author. And one of the chapters in in my book, the beauty of success is know when to pivot in order to survive and thrive. And so I was just laughing when you're like, but we have this product. So I think that times like you were meant to be there so that this, because it's easy for us to say, now's not the time. Now's not the time, but you were thrust into it. And so you had this product and so you had to keep going. Did you have to, like, I'm sure you had to shift marketing ideas and thoughts and distribution. Like, what was that quick transition like? It was and still is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I have some really great things on the horizon about to happen in 2024. So I'm really, really, really excited about that. So until that happens, like, I kind of have been a one-man band, and I don't necessarily like being a one-man band, but it has just been how it, how it is. But I look forward to having more people be on the team. But what I like about having been the one-man band is I know the intricacies. I'm not an expert, but I know the intricacies of all these different hats. Yes. So I'm not a blind person of like, okay, you, oh, that's how, no, I know. Because I did and didn't just do on the surface, did deep. So yeah, I feel like my education and my my awareness is very high in terms of Mm -hmm. being able to communicate with these different areas and know what's going on, not just being like this blind person who's like, oh, that's over there. That's your job over there. I'm going to let you do your job. I'm not trying to do a job for you, but I like to know what it is that you're doing. Well, and I think that's kind of, for me, like that's one of the addicting pieces of being an entrepreneur. Like there's really something magical in those first moments where you are trying your hands at everything you're learning because it is helpful as you grow and expand. And that's not how you live forever. That's not sustainable. The goal is to build a team. 
But I have had instances where I'll say to my team, oh yeah, when I was doing da-da-da, and they're like, wait, you used to do that? I'm like, of course I did. I know I'm not the expert in the way that you are, but I know enough because I've seen it and I've, I've had to at least navigate my way through. And so there's always kind of this sweetness in that piece. And then there's the, okay, now let's literally build our brain trust of people so that we can continue to grow and expand the brand. And especially because you haven't stopped, correct me, you haven't stopped creating and music, you know, let's get into your, to your single too, because I think that how you holistically wove it together and what you're saying, the the imagery, the people that you're showing, like it all speaks to the eclectic nature of music and the blending of beats. And then it ties into hair and how we all have different hair types. And I love that line where you say staring at a star, like there's just beautiful. I love that. So talk about this. <laughs> so my song, so I, I my hair product is called Look, Don't Touch. If I need to explain it, it's because, you know, people with natural hair tend to have people want to touch it. And I don't want to, you know, I, I, I have a lot of different discussions with different people on different scales and how comfortable they are with touching their hair. Like my friends, like I am not opposed to my friends touching my hair. You know, I don't, I don't mind that at all. But I do not like a stranger touching my hair. I don't know where your hand's been. But also, it feels like it's very invasive of privacy. And I would never, ever think to touch your hair. So the fact that you feel like it's okay to touch my hair and not know me is like, really, I don't like it at all. <laughs> Enough to make that the name of my conditioner. So here I have this product. My mind is always going to think music. My mind is always going to think big picture. That just is what I do. So, you know, what is the anthem behind this? Because it's more than a conditioner. It's more than detangling, a detangling conditioner in hair. It's a detangling of our own validation. It's an untangling of all these things. And let's give it a voice. Okay, so my song is also called Look, Don't Touch. And I love that you made this comment because um, it says, keep your distance like you're staring at the stars, you know, because it's beautiful. Our manes are gorgeous, but, you know, admire. You can admire like you admire the stars. (laughs) I love that. I love it. And I was just like, you you just connected it in such a beautiful way of real world what's happening and it doesn't make it okay. And that's why I love the fact that it also has this product too, because it's like, it just, it's the way that you said it It all, it's intentional. And to have the anthem, that is also something that we're dealing with, but it's not even in a way like, it's not like, we're mad. It's more informative. Like, Hey, here's the deal. This is the real deal. And it's catchy and it makes sense. And then it's, it just, and you feel a sense of, I felt a sense of like, thank you. Someone said it. And now we got this catchy song that everybody loves to also continue and remind people. Yeah. I like to say it's like natural hair etiquette, etiquette 101. Like that's what the song is. Hair etiquette 101. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think too, with Hair Symphony, Be the Maestro of Your Hair, that also just kind of connects us into that as well. It's it's the education one-on-one, there's the external, there's the internal, and how does it come together? And 
Did you knowingly say, I want to write a book about that? Or did you just start educating and it came out and you said, I have to be the one to do this? Okay. So two things. The original title was Hair Symphony, Be the Maestro of Your Hair. And my girlfriend said, ain't nobody trying to Google maestro. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually went in and unpublished the book and republished it. Now it's called Hair Symphony, a step-by-step guide to mastering your hair type. Now you know what it's about. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. This is so funny. When I, um, I was the first director of digital media at Ralph Lauren. And it was so funny because we were working on all this content stuff for social and the brand itself had all of these words and all of these things. And I was just like, from a, from a digital, my mind is like a search perspective. I was like, I think we should just say polo or something that people know because they're not necessarily searching for all of these illustrious words words for the life of Ralph Lauren. They really just want a polo shirt. And so it's so funny because we can get so caught up in the beauty of the words and the language. And then it's like, yeah, I just need to know how to master my hair type, especially the way the chapters are because the chapters are based upon hair type. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, yeah, that is the new title is very appropriate. Like it is what the book is about. So how I started writing this book was literally when I deliver product to anyone, I like to deliver in so much exchange and abundance that it's just like just exchange and abundance. So I wrote this book for them. It started out, I didn't intend it to be a 92 page book, okay? But it started (laughs) out, Okay, so this is your hair type. Okay, so this is how you use it for this hair type. Okay, so, okay, this is how, so I was writing it. And then, girl, the little graphics, that took me forever putting those little graphics in. That's before, <laughs> before I knew, before there was no chat GPT, it was like, mm. mm-hmm. anyways. But um, I look at all the questions that would be asked of me when I'd be on other people's pages. I'd look at questions that were asked of other people. I was like, well, odd people want to know this. So that's how I built my book. I want my people to have, to be still armed. I want them, you know, confidence, like, and my glossary, like I have like a, a nine page glossary at the end of the book. What does this word mean? You know, we use these words so freely, but people don't know what they mean. And when you know what words mean, then you go, oh, well, that's why that works. You know, well, that happens. Yes. Yes. And it's hard because there's not a single source for it, you know? And so that's where it's, it's just so important and it's tricky because there's also like some people have access to information and sometimes they don't. And while we want to think that in hair, it's not the same as what we experience. It kind of is because if you're not exposed and you don't know, it kind of goes back to our parents. Like my mom is not a hair person. And so it's like, where are you getting this information? And then by the time you Google 50 different sites and try and figure out, you know, what that looks like and what do you do? That's why it really is kind of the single source for everything and the way that it is laid out and the way that you do have your guide, like, it's great. Like the right product, the best ingredient, like, what do you do? How do you? And what I also love is how it's greater and more because neither one is less than the other, but it's not just about the hair and it's not just about the products. Like there's the mental health, there's the confidence, there's all of those pieces that are tied into it whenever we can love and validate something about ourselves on our own. And that message does ring true. 
I'm so glad that you you mentioned that because I'm going to say before anything, before the product, before the procedure, it is your relationship with yourself and your relationship with your hair and your willingness to love your hair, like your willingness to just love, love on your hair. Because then you listen, you listen and you don't act reactively. You, 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 you are in tune with, with you and your hair and you make right decisions. But yeah, like patience is really important. Validation is really important. You know, sometimes I just have people touch their hair. And you know, people have never touched their hair. They touch their hair in doing their hair, but it's not uh, knowingly aware of touching and feeling their hair. And just doing that raises your affinity, your, your liking with your hair. You're just like touching it. Not just, you know, like for real in the present moment, touching your hair. Wow. That's so deep because you don't even think of it that way. And how can it's, 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 I was reading something like, um, we have to talk to ourselves, but we also have to talk to the different parts of our body. Like I was talking to someone who's been having stomach issues and she even said that instead of like complaining, she now like rubs her stomach every day and is just like, what can I do to make you feel better? Right. I'm here to support you. And I thought that was so interesting. And even when you talk about your hair and how do you touch it, how do you talk to it versus just, let me just comb this out so I can do something else. Um, it's, it's, it's a really powerful message. And, and, and the beauty of this Kyra is I just, I love how you're getting to do all of the different pieces that one isn't stopping the other from moving and that there really is this like seamless melody across what you're creating. It it really is. And so when you think about the future, what does the future look like from all of these different bespoke areas, but the collectiveness of the Kyra brand? Um, I definitely have teams in place on different fronts and, and, you know, we're all one team, but there's different teams and we are making our way in so many different areas. Like my chat GPT and even my book, like I don't hammer look, don't touch. I mention look, don't touch a lot, you know, but I don't hammer it. I talk about other ingredients. I talk things that aren't in look, don't touch. I want to become a source of reliability. Like this is a reliable source of information. This is someone who I can trust. This is someone who has my back, you know? And um, so I want to establish myself as that branding worldwide. Like musically, like one of my passions is soundtrack. So I really want to get into doing more soundtrack work. And, you know, it's like anytime I perform, now, the soundtrack's different because that soundtrack's not really performing. But when I do perform as an artist, my hair is a personality of itself. And like I said, like I'm aggressive and I'm like all over. So it just, it do- does always pull attention to my hair. And if you get attention pulled to my hair and you investigate it, then you're going to learn more about hair. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to say something. This is kind of, it's my purpose in life. And honestly, it is to help. I think that artists, are so important in creating futures. And as an artist, the power to create a degradation of society and the power to create an enlightenment in society are both very present. In the artistry, all at the aesthetic level, even the degradation can be an aesthetic level. 
but the message is degradation. So it's kind of like a little bit of a trap because here's these aesthetics, but it's definitely a degradation. So I am trying to put out music, art of that aesthetic level that is creating better survival, that's creating more dignity, that's creating, who I'm all right. I don't need to be doing this and this. I'm okay like that. So that is what I want. That's the message that I do want to get out and have people, you know, it's funny because like my, my, what I create, what I like, like I'm alternative. I, I'm, I'm alternative in a lot of ways. Like I'm out the box. Like my music is not straight nothing. Okay. I will sample from this and here we go this and, and lots of different things. And that's just how I work. And I like things that are a little weird sometimes. I like weird, weird things are appealing to me. But so many times weird kind of goes into this degradation thing, kind of goes into this like weird, weird, weird thing. But I like to bring weird <laughs> or <laughs> weird, interesting into an aesthetic plane that doesn't necessarily like degrade. I'll just say that. Wow. Kyra, I am just... Uh, I'm rocking with you. And even thinking about the purpose and to help, and you're right, there's no way that you can be who you are and be on stage and it not be a gateway into education. And combining things that are interesting or weird or just alternative things, I think that it just gives us so much more perspective, right? And that really is what influences you and all of us as you think about going worldwide. Because worldwide, it's like a full stage of awareness and alternative things that we just don't know about. But what we do know is the central piece of confidence, of self-love, of hair, and how that impacts everything that we see, no matter where we are, what we do, or what we think is alternative or weird to someone else's normalcy. And hmm. so I appreciate you speaking on that. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited. I can't, I can't wait. I'm like, and we're now friends. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing, you know, our job. And I always say I'm here to be of service and to provide a platform. And so it's been so fun talking to you and manifesting great hair and love and talking about look, don't touch. And I'm so excited for your worldwide domination. Thank you so much for being part of the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. And as always, I want to leave you with one thing from today's guest. And that is, what is your relationship with yourself? And are you truly loving yourself? Kyra talks a lot about the importance of self-love and how her confidence and her purpose was interwoven in her relationship with herself. So I ask you, how is your relationship with yourself? And with that, follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we love to hear from you. Leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next week. Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, edited by Fishmar Creative, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast, and on IG at Business of the Beat. Business of the Beat is a Mean Old Line Media production.
You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.